Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. The, the title of this message today is entitled, and, and I have to look at, as, at, it, at it as a ministry. And it is simply because that when God brings a requirement to us and He asks us, to do certain service, then it becomes a mission. And when it's a mission, it becomes a ministry. So if you understand that, and so today I would like to bring this message to you under the title, The Ministry of Gladness. The Ministry of Gladness. I've spoken to you about the ministry of thanksgiving, the ministry of adoration. And this comes in the same line the ministry of gladness. It's the ministry of the oil of gladness. Now, what happened here was somewhat of rebuke, rebuke that I believe I received of the Lord um, after I walked around with a heavy heart for quite a number of months and so forth. And one day the Lord just spoke to me quite clearly. It was, it was just a deep conviction in my heart said, what have I done that you have lost your gladness in me? And I said that, well, I, you didn't do anything. And I said, then I said, what have I done? And it was in the return almost the same way. And he said, you are still the same God. You're the same God and you're also the same man that I have walked with and I've anointed you with the word. And I've anointed you with the Holy Spirit. But why has gladness left your life? And I looked at this, and I fell on my face immediately, and I asked the Lord to restore that part in me. That I never looked at it really that God would receive much glory or honor to someone that walks around in gladness of heart. And I, I didn't even think that it was, would have been a requirement. I thought it more as being a result of something. In other words, uh, at times we perceive that certain virtues that... Um, we have might only be maybe reflective of specific accomplishments or uh, victories. In other words, that if I have a certain victory in my life, then I can be glad because of that victory. Um, if I have certain achievements in my, in my heart, in my natural heart, I have a certain gladness in my heart. Now we're talking about a spiritual gladness today. Um, and to define gladness, we have to look at really what gladness is. What then is gladness if God is asking us to walk and have our heart towards him in gladness? So what is gladness? And I thought, well, maybe we don't understand gladness. I didn't understand gladness so completely. Um, but I found out that you can be glad when you see an accomplishment in somebody else. In other words, if it's somebody else that accomplishes something, you can stand back and be glad for that. It can be glad. Now, your heart can be glad. Now, I see that in the spiritual gladness is more of the rejoicing when you see somebody else achieve something or fulfill something. There is a spiritual gladness that will raise from you. It is often the carnal gladness that will, that will look on the things that we naturally acquire or naturally do or fulfill or accomplish. But the spiritual gladness is often reflective of somebody else's accomplishment. 
And in this, I find then also that in Jesus' accomplishment of being the Son of God on the cross, dying without sin and giving his blood for us for forgiveness and for salvation, I find then there should be gladness in the spiritual heart towards just simply that. Why can I not be glad when I look at maybe things that I, that have overcome me or things that maybe I have not accomplished or things that I have not done or victories that I'm still waiting on and wait to be glad till I have that. And the opposite of gladness is pretty much sadness. Why should I walk around in sadness when I know that the accomplishment has been done that I am spiritually to be glad in is simply what Jesus did. So in that sense, I will bring you this message today. Um, we have a whole lot of uh, things that we read about in Deuteronomy, and this is kind of where I want to start today, in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it's a whole lot of verses, and I'm not going to read into them. I'm just going to conclude it with the last several verses. And it goes like this in verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. There was a whole list of things that God gave the children of Israel here, and he told them that, I want you to be obedient to my word and to my works and what I require of you. And if you will not do that, and there is also a final requirement, if you do not do that, then these curses will overtake you. And it's a whole list, and it's, a, it's some really, really bad things that God will actually do or will happen to them if they do not the things that God asks. And then I want to read on. They will pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkeneth not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep the commandments and the statutes which he commanded thee. We'll just stop there for one moment. So in other words, if you do not go with the commandments that I have given to you, then there's a, there will be curses that will come and they will utterly destroy you at the end. In verse 46 now, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed. And it doesn't stop there, it says forever. We know we are of Abraham's seed by faith. So somehow we get included in this picture where it says forever. Where the word says forever, that means it doesn't stop at one point. It means it lasts and it goes on. So we see that there is certain things that God requires of the children of Israel and also to Abraham's, which were Abraham's children, but now we are also Abraham's children in a spiritual sense. To me, that's even stronger. Now in verse 7, we want to come to the concluding verse of this set of scriptures. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. Well, so I look at the meaning of the word joyfulness, and I find that it is a heart that is never gloomy nor irritated. Because you serve not the Lord with a heart that is never gloomy or irritated. That's joyfulness. And the word gladness now enters into this picture as well. I'll go back to the beginning of the verse. But thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness. Here comes the word. Gladness means beauty and goodness. Because God's children or Abraham's children, going down forever, serve not God 
with a heart that is never gloomy nor irritated, and with gladness or beauty of goodness of heart for the abundance of all things. So this is a commandment that I believe will also translate over into the new covenant, that God somehow, and I have verses, we'll get to them later, but I have verses how that God is asking and requiring of us to have our hearts filled with joy and with gladness, and we serve him like that. And it is something that we display on our lives that can be read from our lives, that people can see there's a person that is, has gladness. There's a person that has joy. It's on display. It, it, it comes off of us. This is what the Bible says. Now, look at this. It says these curses that were, in, of course, in the Old Covenant now, will come upon you if you do not serve the Lord also with joyfulness and gladness. Because of the abundance of all things. When, when you say the abundance of all things, there's a whole scope of things that God wants us to continue to be thankful for. And that's throughout the world, throughout the earth, things that we see, that we see as blessings and things of this nature. God wants us to respond in it with thankfulness and also with gladness and joyfulness. Now, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, like I said, I will take you in a little bit of a loop here that will take you on a tailspin after a little bit. Isaiah chapter one, or 11, verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. I think it's not very hard to discern. This is talking about Jesus, because he was this root. Verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. This spirit that will rest upon him is the Holy Spirit. He will rest upon him, and with that will come wisdom, understanding, spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Verse 3, and shall make him of quick understanding. It's because of the Holy Spirit that will dwell upon this root of Jesse. He will be quick to understand in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither will he reprove after the hearing of his ears. The things that he sees with his eyes he will not judge, and he will not reprove by what he hears through his ears. This is because of the Holy Spirit of wisdom that is upon him. This is part of walking in gladness. A lot of times when things that we hear through our ears can really affect us and steal gladness from us, but the spirit of wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit or is the Holy Spirit will not allow us to respond in what we hear or what we see. Wow. This is the Savior. This is Jesus. When, if we could follow this more clearly and, and better follow it, I believe the gladness would not be robbed from us so quickly. Now I go to Psalms chapter 40, verse 7, and it says, and I know I'm skipping a lot of verses. This is going to be a short message. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me 
In Psalms chapter 40, verse 7, we read a lot of times when in the book of Psalms and also in Isaiah and some of the other prophets that we read about where words were spoken by way of a prophetic word. There was a prophecy that was spoken, and it was prophesied that someday this will come about. That's what prophecy is. And when we see this, David prophesied about this, and later on in Hebrews, Jesus repeated, or it's repeated of in Hebrews concerning Jesus. So in Proverbs, or in Psalms chapter 40, verse 7, if I said Proverbs, I was wrong. It's in Psalms 40, verse 7. And then I, and then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. Verse 8, I delight, or I am pleased to bend. That's the word delight. I delight, I am pleased to bend to your will, O Lord. This is what it says. I delight. A lot of times when we think delight, it, we, we think it's somebody that is really happy. It is someone that is having a, just a certain, we call desserts delights. And this is not the word that was used back here. Delight is to be happy to bend to the will of God. Jesus said and confessed that I delight. I am so happy and I consider it a delight that when you speak to me out of your word, I bend. I delight, I bend to your will, O God. And I find it not a problem, I find it a delight. It is a delight to bend, please to bend, to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written in my heart. And then he repeats it again in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7 through 9, twice, that this bending that Jesus found a delight in is simply part of the gladness that was in him. I have seen this, the wrestling of this for so many years in people that they're afraid if they surrender everything that God would take everything from them. You know, if you give everything to him, it's already his. The very idea that... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.